Hi, I'm Callie. I'm Clarissa. And I'm Isha. And we're Best Buds. Hi guys, and welcome back to yet another chaotic episode <laughs> where we were kind of too busy this week to really plan anything, so we're just going to try to wing it this week. But we wanted to talk about different relationship style tests which is like a very vague term, but we're thinking like love languages and attachment style, plus two others that Clarissa found online. Um, the other two are both from Dr. Helen Fisher, who's a scientist that studies love. She does a lot of TED Talks about love and the neurobiology behind it. So some of the tests are more aimed specifically at romantic relationships, but I think that most of them can be also applied to other types of relationships, like your friendships, because you know, we adore our friends and we want to know how to love and nurture our friendships just as much. Um, but anyways, we just wanted to do a relatively light episode, uh, similar to the BuzzFeed quizzes episode, but maybe a little less chaotic and a little bit deeper than that. So the first, no, so the first test that we wanted to talk about were the love languages. So Clarissa, if you want to like give us an overview about it. Yeah, so basically the love languages is like a test to see how you express affection and how you receive affection. Um, so there are five love languages. It's touch, words of affirmation, um, acts of service, gift giving, and quality time. And I think they're mostly self-explanatory, you know, like touch is like physical affection. Words of affirmation is like compliments and stuff like that. Um, acts of service is like doing things for each other, like chores or stuff like that. Um, gift giving, I mean, you give like, meaningful <laughs> gifts and quality time is spending quality time with each other also yeah before we get started should we try to guess each other and then go through oh i think results? that'd be cute <laughs> okay yeah we can guess each other's okay so for clarissa's i forget the first actually one. weren't we talking about this last night uh did i tell i don't remember <laughs> okay so it, we're going to try to guess each other's answers before we actually reveal it so for clarissa i think quality time and maybe i'm i'm in between acts of service and words of affirmation interesting okay <laughs> yeah i uh, think i think your highest is quality time but i think a very close second would be acts of service Mm. Mm. like they're very the percentages were probably pretty close actually I don't know <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea spill it okay for me it's actually touch is my highest Ooh, okay. what percent yeah. but see in we were quarantine wrong. I feel like I can't be touchy so that's yeah. might be why but um I mean it's not super high it was like 37 percent mm. and my second is quality time so you guys are right it was like a 30 percent so that's okay. close mm. Close. And then acts of service was my third. And actually, Callie, words of affirmation is like my lowest one because <laughs> I don't know. For me, like I like I don't know why. Like I feel like people can fake words so easily, which is dumb because I know you can fake other things easily too. Like like physical touch is also easy to fake, but just like it's more meaningful to actually, me. Actually, no. I feel like I should have guessed physical touch. I feel <laughs> like in high school you were always like touchy but like <laughs> like I feel like you can tell when somebody's love language is physical touch because you just like notice them like 
putting their hand on you or something like that, you know? Yeah, I am very clean. Not, not in, like, a creepy way or anything. Um, I feel like gift-giving is, like, equally can be faked, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like all of them could be faked, but it just depends on what you, like, personally hold, like, sacred, I guess. Because, like, for mm-hmm. me, like, m- how much I touch someone, like, directly correlates with how, like, affectionate I feel towards them. And so for me, it's like a subconscious thing that I couldn't fake. And because of that, like, you know, deep down, I'm like, oh, no one would fake that. But it could be faked. I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. Let's guess for Isha. Hmm. Definitely not. I don't think it's receiving gifts because I remember you got a gift one time and you were very uneasy about it. And also, she just said that giving gifts could be faked. (laughs) (laughs) I would also rank quality time really high for her. Yeah, I would too. Also, maybe like acts of service too. Do I reveal? Yeah, reveal. Yeah, my highest was quality time. And that was like 37%. And then my second highest was words of affirmation, which was 27%. And then physical touch was third, 17%. And then acts of service was 13. And then the lowest was gift, receiving gifts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't have guessed that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess we can guess for Callie what? (laughs) I think Callie's is words of affirmation. Yeah, I think she likes her words. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Actually, my highest was quality time at 40%. Oh, wow. Which is higher than both of your highest, I think. And then words of affirmation was second at 23%. And then was physical touch at 20%, receiving gifts at 13%, and acts of service at 30%. Mm-hmm. So acts of service, I just like, no, I'm a strong, independent woman. I want to do my own <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Actually, like, yeah, going off of that, I remember, well, okay, so... When we were planning for a tour of Taiwan, Anthony was in the culture committee and I was advisor for videography committee. So the way that it worked was that culture wow, would like film <laughs> culture would film all of the videos and then supposedly send us to videography to edit, except they were like, no, we'll just do it ourselves. And I got so mad. I was like, bro, you're taking my job. Just let me edit the videos. And he was like, no, 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 it's too much hassle. It's like send over all the files. And I was like, no, just let me do it. So yeah, acts of service <laughs> is not my love language. <laughs> okay. okay, so do you guys think this was accurate? Like, what, what did you think of your results? Would you have, like, given yourself a different score or, like, a different primary love language? I mean, I think for me, it was quite accurate. But I also feel like the questions are, like, you can clearly tell what the love language is Mm -hmm. so like I don't know to what extent is it like actually and to what extent is it just like what you think it is and you're just like answering based on your preconceived notion already yeah I sort of did this as like kind of an MBTI test where you're supposed to go really fast and like not overthink (laughs) the answers so I just like did my first instinct for all the questions which might have helped but I can see how like if a certain person wants to like get a certain I don't know if like what the point of that is because you're just like it's testing a part of your personality but sometimes people want to get like a certain like result so they can definitely fudge that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually really 
surprised because my results were very different from when I took it like maybe a few months ago um and I feel like quarantine has definitely a lot to do with that like I was surprised that my results changed but I can see why they changed so like quality time got a lot higher because that's a lot harder to do <laughs> in quarantine days um and then also particularly gift giving it used to be really high for me but now it's like my second lowest um and I can also see why that happened because I feel like in my last relationship like gift giving was kind of a a, a little touchy little conflict point for us and I was like it was kind of a point of like insecurity for me because I felt almost like materialistic and selfish for wanting to receive gifts um so then in like this relationship I was like nah it's it's not a problem with me it's just like how I like to receive affection right so I really emphasized that part when I was taking it a few months ago but now I feel like yeah I can definitely see why the pressure on gift giving has like lift lifted over time if that makes sense honestly though I feel like all of the languages like for someone who doesn't understand them could be perceived as like shallow or like negative in some way like mm -hmm. like I don't know like with like touch like in my last relationship like I don't know he was very not that touchy so it was always me initiating it. and then I was like I feel like I'm just being like clingy or like overly physically affectionate and I don't know mm -hmm. like yeah, and, like, gift-giving is, like, you get to, like, you feel materialistic or, like, I don't know, like, words of affirmation. It's, like, you just want to be complimented all the time. I feel like it's, we all, like, need to recognize that even if something's not, like, your love language, it's, like, a valid form of wanting affection, even if you don't personally understand it. Next quiz. <laughs> Next quiz. All right. Yeah. So the theory is, like, a lot of these attachment styles develop in childhood but then manifest themselves later in adult relationships so I'm on a website called attachmentproject.com and it goes over the four attachment styles and how it manifests in adults so for anxious preoccupied it says they often seek approval support and responsiveness from their partner people with this attachment style value their relationships highly but are often anxious and worried that their loved one is not as invested in the relationship as they are a strong fear of abandonment is present and a safety is a priority. Um, for fearful avoidant, it says, uh, this type tends to show unstable and amb ambiguous behaviors in their social bonds. Um, the partner and the relationship themselves are often the source of both desire and fear. Fearful avoidant people do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time experience troubles trusting and depending on others. They do not regulate their emotions well and avoid strong emotional attachment due to their fear of getting hurt. Um, for avoidant dismissive, it says, these people have high self-esteem and a positive view of themselves. They tend to believe that they don't have to be in a relationship to feel complete and do not want to depend on others, have others depend on them or seek support and approval in social bonds. And then secure is, uh, the secure attachment type thrive in their relationships but also don't fear being on their own. They do not depend on the responsiveness or approval of their partners and tend to have a positive view of themselves and others. So the quiz that we took only gave us like one answer instead of like percentages of each type, but they're definitely like bits of both mixed yeah, in there. And it's a spectrum. <laughs>
Yeah. There was a quiz that I took a while ago and it was like a grid and like it would plot your score on like the axes. Mm. So it was like very, uh, uh, <laughs> it showed the spectrum, but I couldn't find that quiz. So yeah, okay. when I looked up attachment on Google images, like that spectrum is what showed up. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. If we're guessing for Clarissa, Actually, oh, I told you yeah, last night. I, Yeah, we were talking about this last night. So Isha, what do you think? Okay, wait. So the options are secure, avoidant, fearful, and anxious? No, fearful. Just yeah, anxious, avoidant, and secure anxious, for this avoidant. test. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I think Clarissa is... See, I, I don't like these buckets and just like yeah, flopping someone in a bucket. And okay, I think we're all secure with a bit of something else. Yeah, okay. I'd say Clarissa is secure with a bit of anxious. Yeah, yeah that's right. about right. <laughs> yeah. I have um, like the, the explanations. like <laughs> So I'm like reading them and I'm like, hmm. Isha would be secure with a bit of dismissive. Mm. Do I do I just also avoidant? Yeah, so I got avoidant as my attachment. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Just pure. Oh, okay. So I like read the read the description and I was like, this is really funny. <laughs> because okay. I well we can talk about the descriptions later, but let's guess Callie's first. Okay, Callie already told me her last night. So you should... <laughs> wait. Okay, it's secure, anxious, and avoidant, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I like don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like this one. Oh, I'll put it more pressure by saying I feel like this one's a little bit obvious. Maybe the same as Clarissa. Yeah. Yeah. Secure, but with quite a bit of anxious in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone is perfectly secure. You know? mm. It's always like one way or the other. Yeah. Or at least there are like hints of mm -hmm. one way or the mm -hmm. other. I definitely do know people who are like very secure and I'm like, wow, you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, I know so many people who are like dismissive or just like pure anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, so how, I was telling Callie last night when we learned about this test in psych the whole time, Tessia just kept turning to me and like whispering people's names. I'm like, that person's like anxious, that person's avoidant. Oh my gosh. But I feel like also security takes like time to develop. Mm -hmm. It's not something mm -hmm. that someone just like has. And like the people I know who are secure in their relationships and like the way they approach their relationships with other people have like had time to like figure that out and they were like either anxious or avoidant before but like they've matured like really significantly from that so that's true and I think like your relationship itself can also like promote security because mm -hmm. if you have like this deep trust in your relationship it's a lot easier to be secure and not like worry either on the anxious side or the avoidant side yeah mm -hmm. for Definitely. sure I guess like going off of that like, I did get secure for my main one, 
but there's definitely a lot of anxious in there as well. And I can definitely see where that anxiety came from. And actually, I don't think it's from my parents. So it's not like deeply rooted in like my childhood and like my past trauma or whatever. But it's, yeah, it's definitely from my last relationship because I got dumped like relatively abruptly. Like I was not expecting it at all. And it just kind of hit me out of the blue. Um, so I can definitely see why there's like a low, a low key, like fear of abandonment in there. Um, and then also like I'm reading off the website right now. It's like, but are often anxious and worried that their loved one is not as invested in the relationship as they are. Um, a strong fear of abandonment is present and safety is a priority. And I can definitely see that manifesting in my current relationship as well. Like anytime we have some sort of conflict or argument there's like a little part of me that's like okay like we're gonna break up now which I know is not the case because they're relatively small conflicts but I guess like so for sorry this is so messy but for a bit of context like in my last relationship it was like combat compatibility was just not there so that was like already a big thing but we would constantly have these little conflicts that just kind of built up and up and none of them were like massive but they were like all small and accumulating until it like the whole thing tipped over right but now i feel like the compatibility is much better so it's like the big factor the big underlying factor isn't there but i'm still worried from time to time that like the small conflicts will start accumulating which I don't think is very reasonable but I understand why I think that way and I'm trying to like train myself out of that so like get rid of some of the anxiety and become more secure in my current relationship you know that makes sense I mean I think for me I mean I also think that it is like somewhat just like a tendency towards like mm-hmm. like I'm like definitely more tended I have like a higher tendency to like overshare and like put <laughs> more of myself into the relationship than I am to like (laughs) undershare or like uh you know like avoid uh making a connection but like Mm -hmm. yeah I think part of it is like my last relationship also like not like in terms of like feeling deeply insecure but in terms of like you know feeling like I was putting more effort in and that like my partner didn't care as much and like I don't know like how much of that is like just in my head and how much of that was also like a fact of like because of my partner mm-hmm. yeah I I was just like rereading this description <laughs> and here I'll, I'll like read like little snippets of it but it says like it's important for you to maintain your independence and self-sufficiency you prefer autonomy to intimate relationships which okay that part of like me preferring autonomy to intimate relationships I don't think that really like works with my friendships but I can see how it would like that part of my personality would manifest in like a romantic setting and I feel like everyone who's not been in a relationship before is somewhat avoidant like that's just Mm -hmm. like the way it is um but yeah like in relationships you're often on high alert for any signs of control or impingement on your territory by your partner and I can like definitely see that with the way I've approached like romantic interactions in the past yeah I can see how like how being avoidant is like 
a good thing when you're not looking for any romantic interactions, but when you're like trying to be in a relationship or trying to make a relationship work, like being avoidant can be really problematic if it's you or even if it's your partner. So that's something to like move away from, I guess, when the time comes for me to explore that and maybe try a relationship out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can definitely see <laughs> how you're avoidant. Um, but what was I going to say? Yeah, I also feel like Anthony's low key avoidant too. And I don't think, I think it's, he's like mostly here with a little bit of avoidant in there. And that manifests in like, he likes to solve his own problems and not really receive like help, whether it's like actual help or like just emotional support from me. Um, and I feel like he does have a high self esteem and positive view. Um, but I don't think he has problems with like emotional closeness or anything, which I think is good. Yeah, I, I asked him to take it yesterday so I could talk about it on the podcast today. And then he took it and then I fell asleep in the time that he was taking it. So I don't actually know his results. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anything else for this one? Not really. Mm-hmm. Just pretty standard, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like love languages and attachment style are like the basics of the fish. And I feel like everyone um, knows theirs too. Yeah. You know? I, I, I had never taken like, an attachment test before. So oh, really? First. Yeah. Okay, Clarissa, you want to explain the next one? Yeah. Okay, so the next quiz that we did was um it's the fisher personality test so uh, it's from helen fisher and actually i found out about this test because she gave a ted talk on it um and she was just talking about how people relate to each other and like how you can categorize like successful partnerships based on like their personality type um so basically there are um four personality types and each of them corresponds with like a dominant hormone which i'm not sure how much i like you know, it's like actual science and how much of that is just like, you know, we're going to say that it's a dominant hormone. Uh, I don't actually remember all the hormones. Okay, wait, I'm going to Google this real quick. Fisher personality. Uh, yeah, it says I have high estrogen levels. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much I agree with the, um, with the hormones, but it's a personality thing. Hold up. Let me pull up. The I know. Okay. Honestly, I just don't know what um, explorer's hormone is. Oh, wait. It's dopamine. Oh, it's dopamine? Okay. Oh, well, that was mine. So <laughs> they explained it in the, like, blurb or whatever. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so there are four personality types. Um, so the first one is director, which corresponds to testosterone. Um, builder, which corresponds to serotonin. Negotiator, which corresponds to estrogen. And explorer, which of- corresponds to dopamine. What's the difference between serotonin and dopamine again? I'll have to Google it. <laughs> Wait, is ser- do- dopamine's like the happy one and serotonin is like the love one, right? Oxytocin is the love one. Oxytocin dopamine is like a motivational hormone. I just don't know what one. serotonin do. Uh, serotonin regulates mood and body temperature. 
Mm. Okay. Okay, serotonin is the happiness one. Dopamine is a feel-good one. And oxytocin is the cuddle. And I don't, <laughs> that's so... <laughs> that's weird. It's like more nuanced. But okay, yes. Start okay. talking about the chemistry of... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, no chem, please. <laughs> um, for Clarissa... Wait, can you, okay, it's estrogen, or I'm not going to say it in terms of the hormones, yeah. but mm-hmm. explorers, um, builders, directors, and negotiators? Yeah. Okay. Wait, are we even going to try to guess? Because both of you just said that. <laughs> <I literally. laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> well, we can guess yours. Cause okay, yeah, we can guess yours. I still don't really understand, like, what each. Yeah. I'm going to look up an image. Um. I think director is like ambitious but like logical from what I read. Um, builder is like honestly I don't even. Oh wait, okay. I have a okay. I pulled it up. Okay, this okay. is from the website called a website called the Peripheral Minds of Autism, which I I really don't know how <laughs> um, trustworthy this is, but okay. Um, it says the director is analytical, tough-minded, direct, and often blunt, exacting, skeptical, and determined to win. The negotiator is, sees the bigger picture, has people skills, verbal skills, is imaginative, intuitive, and compassionate. The builder is cautious, conventional, concrete, meticulous, respectful of rules and authority, and religious. And the explorer is curious, creative, spontaneous, energetic, Mentally flexible and daring. Um, she's definitely not director. I also don't think she's a builder either. I can see the negotiator. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, you guys got it right. It was <laughs> but I also feel like with personality tests, like it, it's like you—they try to box your entire personality into like four mm-hmm. categories. You know. That's why. See, I could see Clarissa as like a mix between like the meticulous side of a builder and then the people skills, like someone who's like imaginative and compassionate side of a negotiator, and then she's also like analytical too. So that part of the director could be like mm-hmm. part of her personality and then she's definitely curious and creative so that would I could see that <laughs> all four I I feel like everyone's like a part of like one of these mm-hmm. just they force you into one category through did these you tests. did you save your percentages for each one because this test gave us percentages yeah I still have the results actually yeah my percentages were all pretty close like the really? highest one was only high higher than the others by like a few percentage points so really mine's higher by like 30 percent oh wow <laughs> <laughs> wait you show you were right about like the negotiator plus like builder it's like because really? those are but that was my primary one secondary and they're actually very close like four percent apart yeah my highest was the explorer but it was only seven percent higher than the negotiator and then the builder and directors were both around like 55, 53%. So the, the builder and director, yeah. So all, they were all pretty close, honestly. 
<laughs> for me, negotiated was 85%. And then my Ooh, second Lots of estrogen levels. Yeah. <laughs> apparently my estrogen levels be out of the roof. And then my second and third were very close. They were Builder at 58% and then Explorer at 56%. And then Director was 40%. Okay, this is my problem with personality tests, though. <laughs> like, they just take the most common, like, personality tropes and, like, <laughs> qualities, and then they create categories, even though everyone is just inherently a mix of, like, all of those mm -hmm. qualities, and they say, oh, you're most like this, and then you, like, think that that's how you're supposed to act and behave if you, like, read into it too much. So, honestly, like, personality tests are, like, kind of BS. Like, I... I, it was fun to take this, but I, I take these as like <laughs> a very, I was going to say a grain of salt, but I, I look at them very like skeptical. A bucket of salt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think about like the MBTI ones then? I, I think that's BS too. <laughs> Same thing. I feel like it's like better because there's 16 categories yeah. instead of just four. But again, like I can see how it boxes you in like either one letter or the other you know yeah I, that's know, like, I think like, everything's a spectrum like, <laughs> yeah it is and that's what, everyone who says yeah I'm like an ambivert or like my extrovert like percentage is only like minusculely higher than my introvert percentage so like when you say you're an extrovert you're really just like a mix of both and <laughs> I don't know I don't buy it but some people <laughs> like swear by them so I mean, personality tests are nice to get a little insight into yourself or, like, at least mm. see where you fall along, like, some dimension, even if that's not necessarily, like, Accurate. like a be-all, end-all. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of the accuracy of this test, though? Given the conversation that we just had, <laughs> that these tests are actually accurate. I mean, I think mine was, like, fairly accurate it's I mean basically what Isha said like it was like I think I have like a very strong like the reason why the negotiator is so strong is because I value like interpersonal relationships so highly and like mm -hmm. that's the only reason why it's like above everything else because I don't necessarily agree with like all the other parts of that personality um yeah I feel like emotionally expressive is definitely me like I I live in emotions I just seep out <laughs> all of my feelings. I was surprised about builders though. Traditional and conventional as well as cautious, calm, and often social. Orderly, conscientious, thorough, and loyal. Like I guess I guess I could see that like a little bit more conventional and I do like my structure. Sometimes doing things on the fly stresses me out such as this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have my things planned out but yeah I can I can see that. Yeah, I just didn't agree with the builder part that was, like, very traditional, because, like, on all of those mm. questions, I was like, no, we're not following tradition. Tradition yeah. sucks. Who cares about <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, I think, like, I was surprised to have gotten this personality type, even though, like, my explorer and negotiator categories were very close, um, especially because the explorer category is apparently, like, spontaneous and like risk taking. And I can see myself like being spontaneous in certain situations and maybe like 
taking this test at this time specifically is like <laughs> exacerbating that quality because like I miss that like spontaneous mm. like doing whatever at whatever time that like college gave us but um I think in in certain situations I do like value the rules I do value order and structure and like schedules and my google calendar <laughs> so, yeah I can see see this just it all circles back to the fact that like these tests are dumb like the personality <laughs> test, at least but it was fun it was fun taking it so I think it's better than astrology like I <laughs> I don't understand astrology <laughs> yeah everyone in my um in my fellowship class on the first day of our like of meeting our cohort everyone was talking about this app called um the pattern oh like an astrology app and one girl she was like telling us about how like she it was like so strange like she just had broken up with like this guy or like ended things with this guy and like went to return some stuff to him and then she left and got like a notification from the pattern that app that was like something about like breaking up like you're gonna like lose someone in your life today and she was like how did they know so I don't know like okay I don't I don't think it's the stars I think that's like the FBI watching you <laughs> it's the birds <laughs> I'll be sure to tell her <laughs> so going back to the Fisher personality and how it relates to love um mine says they prefer to go out with one person at a time and to explore the partnership they dislike wasting time on irrelevant, trivial, or boring socializing. When they find quote-unquote the one, negotiators are superb at generating and maintaining intimacy with this partner. They make, they avoid conflicts with a mate and, with a mate, too, <laughs> <laughs> and make personal, per, and make major personal adjustments to strengthen this cherished bond. They share their most personal feelings and they want their partner to share their feelings, too. I could see that, like, I don't think at least in this stage of my life, I don't think I would be the type of person to, like, date around and, like, look for potential options. Um, Like, intimacy, yeah. Personal feelings, yes. Um, I'm not sure about the make major personal adjustments to strengthen this bond, though. I think that was me in the past. I'm not sure if it's me anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I also feel like we're at <clears throat> I also feel like we're at a point in our life where you don't necessarily want to compromise your own mm. personal traje- trajectory for someone else and for like yeah. a family cuz but I feel like maybe like 10 years from now like maybe mm-hmm. like relationships will be more important than they are now. I see that. Yeah, I for my type, the explorer type, it says um they tend to play the field and seek as much freedom and variety as possible until they're ready to settle down. And like, I can see that, like, I definitely don't have any desire for like, uh, like <laughs> committed something. I don't know. So I, I can see like right now where I am, this, that type and how it relates to like relationships is definitely pretty spot on so yeah I think for me I mean I had the same thing as Callie but um yeah I would agree with most of it I feel like yeah I don't really want to 
play the field. Uh, I, I like me some intimacy. And honestly, like I was talking to Callie last night and I was like, I literally like hate the early stages of a relationship where there's so much like uncertainty. Like I'm all about that, like mm-hmm. intimate, uh, deep emotional connection, like later on so much better, so much more comfortable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that and like wanting to build like a meaningful relationship. And then, yeah, like, like Callie, I don't know that I'd necessarily make like major life sacrifices right now for someone else, but I can see myself doing that when I'm in a position to do that, you know, after I've finished like my self growth and like career growth and stuff. Mm. I'm also reading like my second personality type, which is builder. And I don't, I don't agree with it at all. They were like, okay, they take courtship seriously. They believe in good manners, old fashioned courtesy, punctuality, and well arranged schedules. Builders tend to think concretely, they are literal. So on a date, a builder is likely to engage in tangible conversations about food, travel, sports, weather, TV programs, and or movies. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> Good at small talk? No, not I. <laughs> Let's see, that's your that. negotiator overpowering your builder. You mm, know, that's negotiator true. Hates negotiator was definitely small, small talk. <laughs> a lot higher than builder, for sure. Yeah, also, I think it's, oh, you should go. Oh, it's okay. I was just gonna say, like, going back to what Clarissa said about how, like, maybe in the future, you'd, you can see yourself, like, sacrificing some, like, major life decision for someone else, because, like, by that time, you would have figured yourself out and stuff, but, like, even, I, I was just thinking about that, and, like, I feel like I couldn't see myself doing that even, like, 10 years down the line, maybe when I've matured. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know if that just makes me selfish. Like, it might. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, it'll change. But, like, I don't know. Like, when do you stop, like, growing as an individual, as a self? Like, mm-hmm. when do you stop having goals for yourself? And, like, when do your priorities change? Like, at this point, like, I can't really see, like, my personal priorities changing to, like, make that sacrifice. But, like, I was talking to my mom about this, actually, and how, like, when you grow older, like, you're your desires and your goals like for yourself and like what you want change so like maybe before you wanted to like do something for your career but then you realize that like having a family or being in a relationship or like those more personal like goals are more important to you so you like invest your time in that and like Mm -hmm. maybe it's just like my immaturity and like my way of thinking right now like I can't see beyond like my own like personal goals or like academic goals or career goals but like I can, I, I'm sure that'll change maybe like in the future. It's just thinking about it on a tangent while you guys are talking, but yeah. (laughs) And it's definitely like a balance too. Like, even if I'm raising a family, I would still value my career goals like really highly, you know? And like, maybe they like shift on a spectrum. So like one's like incrementally higher than the other, but I don't know. It would be, it would be a really tough decision to make like sacrifice something like my job if you know my future husband wants to move across the country or something like that I always ask this question of people but if you had to choose between having like I don't know have I asked you guys this question if you had to choose between having like an amazing career and like a mediocre family life versus like an amazing family life and a mediocre career which one would you choose It depends on how, like, like, what type of family life you're talking about. Like, if it's my own 
personal family life or like if I have a husband and kids and like an actual family and that's mediocre I mean I guess it's just like mediocre in the sense of like it's like an average I mean like I don't know what you like if you want like to be alone or like have kids or you know have a spouse like that kind of depends but like I mean just like a mediocre like personal relationship you know it's like not like bad like you don't hate it but you don't like you're not deeply happy with it either that's how I define mediocre (laughs) if I had to choose probably like the latter like a mediocre career and like an amazing family life because I feel like at that point when you're like when you have both like it's I don't know your career can only make you so happy like what you come home to is also important I think Mm, I would agree I think that goes back to like our episode on career where it's like for so many people career is really just a way to like make money and put food on the table because we live in a capitalist society and we have to do so (laughs) but yeah I, I feel like those like personal relationships could go a lot deeper and like what Isha's sister was saying about how sometimes like even if you really love something if you do it as your career it kind of becomes corrupted because it's like no longer pure and you're doing it just because you love it you're also doing it to make money so like there are so many different factors that kind of impact how much you like it at that point oh yeah I think I would go with family too yeah that's also my answer but it just is like (laughs) interesting because it's like this is a decision we're pretty much making like right now or like within the next 10 years you know like which things you prioritize more (laughs) (laughs) oh we don't like talk about the future that stresses me out (laughs) but also I was talking to Sydney and we were like yeah you know like every time I talk to like girls about career like they always have this angst of like I don't know like what the balance is between like a career and like my future family do you think men have the same considerations I am not a man I could not tell you (laughs) I don't know I mean it's worth asking they probably have different thoughts but like yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know what I'm saying that's interesting I'll go ask my guy friends that <laughs> so we hope that wasn't too chaotic and we also hope you learn oh my god so we hope that wasn't too chaotic and we also hope that you learned a little bit about how we love maybe you can use this to pull us hit me up at ishiardi on instagram <laughs> Clarissa, yeah. clarissa is clara at clara yeah. Yeah. Right? i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. that's nice <laughs> yeah hit her up or if you want to try to steal Callie away from Anthony (laughs) or we could just you know promo our own Instagram at Uh Uh pod.bestbuds new and exciting (laughs) all right we'll see you guys next week (laughs) Bye. bye oh man